At number 59, my last 15 seed, I have the Big Sky, a very fun conference that consistently has a lot of late night, extremely close basketball games. Shout out my guy, Big Sky Bob. No one supports their conference harder in the country out of all 32 conferences, out of every human being on the face of the earth that loves Division I basketball, than Big Sky Bob out west. Love Bob, great follow on Twitter. My champ in this conference, I have it being two teams up at the top tier, Weber State in Montana at one and two, three and four in the next tier, I've got Montana State in eastern Washington, and then five to ten, all in the same tier. I've got Portland State, Sacramento State, Idaho State, Northern Colorado, Northern Arizona, and Idaho, each of those teams finished very closely in the standings within four games of each other last year. I look for that to be the case yet again this year. Weber State, Eric Duft in his second season, went 12-6 and six, excuse me, last year, good for second in the big sky. They bring back five of their top six leading scorers in a runner-up big sky squad just a year prior, only lost their third leading scorer in junior Ballard, Bring back a 17-point-a-game guy, 11-rebound, 6'6 forward Dylan Jones, also had four assists, also had a couple steals a night. He stuffs the stat sheet nearly everywhere. Steven Verplanken, 13-point-a-game guy, shot 42% from three. He's also back, and they've added at a Colorado Mesa, a nice all-around contributing guard, that averaged 19 points a game, six boards, three and a half assists, shot it 45% from three. That will be another weapon for them on the perimeter, transferring up to the D1 ranks. Also bring in a pretty unproven transfer out of Maryland, but bring them back five of their top six, specifically with Verplanken and Jones, that duo, adding a nice D2 guard. This Weber State team, I think, can win the big sky this upcoming year. At number two, Montana, a team that went 10-7 and seven last year in the Big Sky, finished fourth. They bring back three of their top four leading scores. Lost Josh Bannon, big blow, 15 points a game, eight and a half rebounds, but they returned three 11 or more point per game guys last year, most notably Anan Moody, 16 points, shot at 41% from three for the Grizzlies a season ago. They do bring in a transfer out of Santa Clara, average five points a game in roll minutes, uh, and also a Juco as well that may start inside alongside Thomas. But the loss of Bannon inside, can Sawyer, the junior college transfer, replace his production? I really doubt it. But the guard play on this team is going to be very strong, along with Thomas probably taking on a bigger role with Bannon gone inside. At number three, just a tier below, I've got Montana State. Danny Sprinkle, after the success that he had in Bozeman, Montana, has gone on to Utah State, heading into the Mountain West. Matt Logie will be in his first season. He had dominance in the D2 ranks at Point Loma, now headed 
2D1. He did bring over one player from Point Loma that averaged 13 points a game to maybe help establish his system the way he likes to coach, make it easier for the other guys. They did lose. They returned some rotational pieces, but they did lose each of their five leading scorers. That's why despite them going 15-3, and three, second place in this league a year ago, but being the Big Sky's representative in the NCAA tournament, I have this team a tier below those top two at three with what all they're having to replace. But in his first year, Coach Logie did a good job in the transfer portal, not just bringing his D2 guy, but several other role guys along with him in the D1 ranks. Eddie Turner out of Columbia averaged nine points a game. Naduka out of Portland, four-point-a-game guy but played 20 minutes. Decent rebounder, Brandon Walker out of UT Arlington, averaged about six and a half over four rebounds a game, will help out this team inside. Um, Montana State losing their five leading scores should be a step down from what they were a year prior. We'll see how much success Logie can have in his first season, taking over from the very successful Danny Sprinkle era. Eastern Washington, what a horrible finish for this squad last year after a 16-0 and undefeated start to Big Sky play. They then turn around and lose three straight games, the last two of the regular season, and then the opener of the conference tournament to not get to go to the NCAA tournament. They lost their three leading scorers, most notably Steel Venters, headed over to that program in Spokane, went to Gonzaga, big blow for Eastern Washington, also Tyrese Davis, um, another 10-point-a-game guy, and Angelo averaged 13.5 for him. So those three scores all gone. They do bring back the majority of the rest of the, of the rotation, their fourth to seventh leading scores, at a D1 transfer in Jake Kaiman. Wyoming was somewhat of a tumultuous program last year. He's leaving, heading to Eastern Washington, averaged 4.5 points a game in roll minutes for them a year ago. couple JUCOs are in as well. But losing their three leading scorers, similar to Montana State, losing their top five. Those two were at the top of the conference this past year. I look for them to drop down to that second tier in Weber State, Montana, to fill their place. Um, Excuse me, Weber State was third in the Big Sky last year. I think I said they were second. On to that last tier, 5-10. to ten. As I mentioned, all of these teams went 4-14 and 14 to 8-10 and 10 last year, so they were very bunched up. I have the best of this grouping being Portland State because they bring back their second to six leading scorers on a team that finished seventh in this conference a year ago. Losing Cam Parker's production, they're going to have to replace it by committee. I don't see them having a guy that's going to put up 18 points, nearly six and a half assists, four boards. That's a big loss, but still a lot of the rotation is back. Bringing a role guy from Texas Tech and K.J. Allen, that hopefully can have more success in the Big Sky than he did in the Big 12. Another guy that barely played from South Carolina, Juco's in as well. Um, But although they're having to replace their big score, a lot of the rotation back. Then with Sacramento State, got them. They went 7-11 last year, finished sixth in this conference, losing their two leading scorers. But at a double-figure scoring guy from Tulsa, averaged 10 points a game, Brandon Betson shot 41% from three. Moving down from the American to the big sky, he should definitely continue to be a double-figure scorer and may lead this team in scoring. Also, Duncan Powell out of North Carolina A&T, averaged 8-6 last year in the CAA, was able to watch him against Towson. 
Um, that's a couple nice transfers to help replace their two leading scorers who weren't big-time scorers, 13, 14-point-a-game guys, that there shouldn't be a massive drop-off for Sacramento State. Idaho State was fifth last year, great year to finish middle of the pack from where this program has been not all that long ago. They, however, lose four of their top six leading scorers. Two double-figure guys are back, though, inside Braden Parker, 6'8 center, averaged nearly 12 and 5. And then Miguel Tomley averaged about the same, 12 points, about four boards, a couple assists a night. Those are the only two main pieces back, and it's really just Juco's to replace what was lost. So I te- see this team taking a little bit of a step back. Northern Colorado, I've got an eighth, losing their three leading scores, connect. Going to be a nice piece for Tennessee this year in the SEC. Big time score, 20 points, seven boards a game last year. And then Dalen Coots alongside him. What a duo that was. Average 17 points, three and three. Matt Johnson also chipped in 12. So losing their three leading scores, they bring back their fourth through their sixth, also their eighth. At a transfer, at a Sanford. Not a big score, but does a lot of the little things. I got to watch him three or four times. Jerem Riley out of Sanford. Marcel McCreary out of Air Force was a role guy for them. Um, that's really all of the D1 transfers that made a significant impact last year, and it'll be Juco's. But losing Connect, losing Koontz, the team that finished eighth last year, even with those guys, I have them slotted in at the same position. Tough to see them improving with the loss of those two. Northern Arizona last year made an incredible run to the conference championship game, fell short, but they went 5-13 and in conference play last year. And Jalen Cohn has transferred to, in his mind, greener pastures, averaged 18 points last year for Northern Arizona. Xavier Fuller, their second leading scorer, also gone a 13-point-a-game guy. Carson Tout, should take a step up with that production gone. He may be a double-double guy this next year after averaging 10-8 and eight this past season, but losing three of their top four leading scorers. Similar to Northern Colorado, tough to see improvement for Northern Arizona. Idaho, I have dead last. That's where they were last year, and they lose two 18-plus point-per-game guys. So that's going to be tough to replace. Zach Kloss, let go after four seasons. They bring in a Seattle assistant in Alex Pribble. He went to the D2 market to bring in guys and try to improve, but most of those D2 guys were 12 to 15 points per game. Um, you know, not elite scorers at that level and are now stepping up in competition to Division One. They lost every single scorer from last year in the turnover in the new regime with Pribble coming in. We'll try to have success for Idaho this year, but I do not see much of it for this team. There is a clear drop-off between the top four and the bottom four there was last year, or in the bottom six there was last year in the Big Sky, and I look for that to remain true, remain the same. Give me Weber State winning this conference with Montana following them just closely behind right in the hunt.